In the words of a king, there is power. And as we behold him with unveiled faces, we're transformed into the very image of God. Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. K. Ijishesan, brought to you by Kingswood Ministries International. We believe that as you listen, faith is stirred up in you to become all that God has called you to be. Let me tell you something. You must embrace your purpose or God's purpose for your life. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to depart from the use of purpose being your thing. Because literally, purpose is God's thing. You know, humanity has a way of taking everything, including good things, to extreme. The message of purpose, as powerful as it is, a lot of people have bastardized it. You have to fulfill my purpose. And purpose now becomes a selfish thing. The Bible says all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to His. So purpose is not your thing, it's His thing. You just have a part, a small part in His agenda. So purpose is not an opportunity to focus on you. For, for purpose is about you running with an agenda which is bigger than yours. Just remember, that thing you call purpose is his agenda. And you just have, you are just privileged to have a part, a role in his agenda. It's like when there is a production and, you know, you're given a role. This is the, the role you're going to have. This is your part in the whole production. You don't turn it to my play. There is a producer, there is a director. You are just an actor. When an actor turns himself to a producer, it becomes a problem. The producer conceived the idea. He only brought you in to fulfill a purpose he conceived. Were you even part of the process when he was putting it together? You just showed up and he called you and said, okay, I have a part for you. This is your script. Yes. And foolishly, people now take that script and forget about the fact that they were given. For some people rewrite their scripts. I feel it should be this way. Really, can I, can I shock you to this afternoon or this morning? There's so many things to you that you don't know yet. There's something parts in your script that you have, that's not been given to you. Because if you are giving now, it will become a distraction. So, from time to time, God shows you new parts to you. Some of you think you already know yourself. A bunch of things about you that you don't know yet. God forbid that you get to heaven to see the whole of you. Because some people would have walked away from their script. That by the time they seal the original script in heaven, they'll be like, wow, so this was me. Yeah, this was supposed to be you. But you are busy running your thing. Now, I'm not talking about going to hell or going to heaven. You are in heaven. You're a child of God. Your faith is in Christ. Because that's what makes you everyone's candidate. You don't buy, it's not like buying share. You, you put faith in him and you are his. I mean, your biological child will forever be your biological child. Even if he's wayward, he's still your child. So there's an assurance of salvation that a new creation should have. Where he is, is our father. That's settled. But now the question is, are you that kind of son that much can be entrusted into his care? Are you a responsible son? A son that can be trusted with much? Hmm. Because he loves so much, but he's not, he's not, he's not careless with his agenda. 
He ensures that what is dear to him is entrusted into the hands of the people he can trust. So the question is, can you be trusted with a generation? The Bible says in Acts chapter 13 and verse 36 says, David, after he had served his own generation. You know, a lot of times we get obsessed with the office and we forget about the assignment. Thank God for the title that comes with the office. But there's something much more important. is the message. The assignment. Don't ever lose sight of that. I'm an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. The word apostle is from the Greek word apostolos. Which simply means a chief errand boy. Did you hear me? Yes, sir. A chief errand boy. So whenever you say I'm an apostle, you just announce yourself as I'm an errand boy. He sends me anyhow, anywhere, anytime as he pleases. That's what it means to be an apostle. An apostle is somebody that does not have a life of his own. He wakes up to take instruction. Where are you sending me today? It's not a position of luxury. You would have thought with how much David, you know, inspired and achieved, you know, his biography, you know, the summary of his life should have been, and David, after he has ruled Israel, after God has established a kingdom under him, in fact, to the extent that God made a covenant with him, such an outstanding covenant, a covenant that says the throne will forever be in his house, establish a kingdom in his lineage forever, that a king, to the extent that Jesus had to come from his lineage, with all that amazing things in his profile, and yet his life was summed up as David, after he has served his own generation according to the will of God. So at the end of the day, what matters is service according to his will. So not just service, but service according to his will. Because you can serve and serve outside his will. <laughs> it's a Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain, they are built. So it did, it did not say they did not build. So there are a lot of buildings that we are celebrating now that God does not sanction. So there are projects that men are looking at and say, such an awesome, beautiful edifice. Boy, great. And as far as everyone is concerned, it's a tower of Babel. Because in Genesis chapter 11, he said, what these people, what they have imagined to do will not be restrained from them if I don't disrupt the process. So if God had not stepped in to stop the process, that means they would have built the tower. So it's possible to build and it's vanity. He did not say they will not build. He said, but it's in vain. Because the building was not according to my pattern. So the question this morning is, are you building according to his pattern or are you just building... As a, as a result of the explorative expression of your imagination. Because humanity is wired to create. Even after fall, the residue of Elohim is still in his soul. So even without the approval of God, he can still create. That's why men that were disconnected from God could still gather together and create like that. And God... Who put that residue in them? Came to inspect their project and he said, wow, it's for real. If I don't even stop this process, if there's no disruption, oh, I'm speaking as a prophet this morning. I'm concerning Nigeria. I speak over Nigeria on this day. Why did the rain and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the house said themselves against the Lord. 
And he's anointed. He said, let us cast their cords and break their bands. But he that sits in heaven shall laugh and shall put them in derision. Thus said the Lord, do not weep over the nation. He said, I'm laughing, I'm laughing. Concerning the next six months, you will see the hand of God in operation. I'm laughing, I'm laughing. Men might be plotting, men might be exploring their imagination. They may think they have everything under control, but he that sits in heaven shall laugh. He shall laugh and put them in derision. Weep not over the nation. Join me in laughter because that's what I'm doing. I'm laughing. I'm laughing. I'm laughing. Don't join them in saying Nigeria is a failed state. I'm laughing because there is an agenda bigger than their plotting. I'm laughing. I'm laughing. <laughs> I will put them in derision. <laughs> I'm laughing. So join me in laughter. I'm laughing. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. There is a God in heaven that specializes in disrupting the best of man's plan. They came together and said, we're building a tower. The best of brains, everything set in place, strategy, structure, system. And he came and inspected. He said, according to my agenda, this will not work. Hey, uh, uh, there will be a disruption, a disruption, a disruption. Because this is a nation of prophecy. This nation has a part in my end time agenda. I will disrupt the process of imagination of men to cause my will to be battered. So weep not over your nation. Laugh. Because that's what I'm laughing. They are plotting and I'm laughing. They are plotting and I'm laughing. They are plotting and I'm laughing. He that sits in heaven shall laugh. Hey, Griala. So stop laughing over the nation. <laughs> hey, that was the word the Lord gave me from October 4th. He said, tell my people, laugh over the nation. Because that's what I'm laughing. Because in the natural, when you look at things, you can get depressed. Yes. Yes, sir. The primaries enough got me depressed. Just seeing the, the primaries leading to where we are now. I'm like, what? How can we come up with this kind of candidates? With all this mess? But God says, I'm not confused. Glory. In fact, I'm laughing. And if God is laughing, what should you be doing? <laughs> Do you trust him? So there must be a reason why he's laughing. Even if you don't know the reason, just, just laugh. Act smart. Be imitators of God as their children. You know children know how to imitate. You do something, they do it. You say something, they say it. Be a dear child. Don't your name and say, be a dear child. God is laughing. Join him in laughter. I was at T.Y. Bellows. Studio yesterday, and, 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 and the word of the Lord came unto me. He said, The answers could not bat the new Nigeria because what was started in the spirit cannot be perfected in the flesh. So, answers was not a movement of the spirits, it was agitation of men. He said, The new Nigeria must be batted, and that batting is not in the flesh, it's in the spirit. So God, God is looking for is spiritually intelligent people like Anna, like Simeon, who have the capacity to interpret seasons. They could sense the Messiah is coming as dark as it may feel. 
Something is about to happen. Hannah waited in the temple for several decades. A widow. She was waiting for the coming of Messiah. Likewise, Simeon. They waited until the Messiah was brought into the temple. Ah! And they began to prophesy. Now my eyes have seen the salvation of Israel. Now your servant can depart in peace. And I had the Lord saying, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for people that will watch over prophecy. One of the words God spoke to me this morning is how to steward prophecies. What did I say? A lot of people think prophecies, once they are said, they will happen. Prophecies are battered because there were men that steward it. They carry it. They help conceive it. And some men, they help bat it. It's not every intercourse that leads to a baby. It's not every intercourse. In fact, some leads to the formation of the fetus. But before you know it, there's, a, there's misconception. And in some cases, abortion. You know, some who don't just have the capacity to carry it to town. Then when you come to that place, when it's been carried to town, there, there are people trained as midwives. Ah. Whose assignment is to coach you. So this is what you do. You push this way. Because just because you know how to get a woman pregnant does not, know, does not mean you know how to help her to deliver it. Even there's some husband, they freak out at that place. They can't see, they cannot do it. Some men of Australia, I say most men, the only thing they can do is just hold their wife's hands. Baby. I know men that cry. If one of them is here, I won't, I won't mention his name. His wife was in the, in the labor room and he was crying. After the baby came, me and, me and his wife, we made fun of him. I'm not looking in his direction. I'm looking away. Are you, are you the one in labor? <laughs> I felt a pain. A guy in party. <laughs> but it's not your tears that will push the baby out. There's a need for a midwife. A midwife. So we're going to need people in the different phases of this prophecy, conceiving the prophecy, carrying the prophecy, batting the prophecy. Nurturing that prophecy into fullness. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, I believe, said, This charge I commit unto you concerning the prophecy, the prophecy that went before you, that you wage a good warfare with them. In other words, it's possible to be careless with prophecy. You say, I charge you, I commit to you. Fight with prophecy. So prophecies are munitions. When words are released in the spirit of prophecy, people that know how to steward prophecy, they document it. They turn it into their confession. They spend time meditating on it. They conceive it in the process of praying in the spirit, they watch over it, they water it. But just because it was spoken does not mean it will manifest. The speaking of the prophecy initiates the process. But thank God for Hannah's and Simeon's that will watch over prophecy. I speak as a prophet of God that every prophecy over your life that is hanging, that is delayed. I speak under this anointing by the Holy Ghost. That there will be supernatural remembrance. And you will be helped by God to come into a place of being responsible, knowing what to do with it, fighting with it, to bat his expression. 
I announce by the Holy Ghost, the next time I see you, you will be carrying the babies of your prophecy as your manifestations. Come on, rejoice in the Holy Ghost. Wow. Are you feeling full already? Yes, sir. Sit. I've not even looked at my notes. Okay, let me say some things. You know, it's not just about my agenda or what I... You know, there are times you are trying to prepare for a message and you are making some points and God is actually just allowing you to feed. Only to get to the meeting and you want to start preaching it and say it was for your personal consumption. What I want to do here, don't worry, I will use your mouth. But we, I will bypass your study. I will speak directly from your spirit. Okay, having said that, God put it on my heart, you know, the theme of this conference is the glory is there. The word glory in the Hebrew is from the, is the word kabod. How many of you know that? And in the Greek is the word doxa. Uh, kabod and doxa, in a way, speaks of weight. So when you say the glory of God, we're talking about the weightiness of God. The weightiness of God. So God is not light. <laughs> so if God is not a place, he does not need to be introduced. If you have to let people know that he's there, then he's probably not there. Because when he's there, you can't miss it. When his glory walks in, the atmosphere reflects it. So when we're talking about the glory is there, we're talking about the God being felt. The weightiness of God, the expression of God, the manifestation of God. And listen, I'm not going to be speaking for long because I just want to stay you up. When I come tonight, there will be more. There will be, there will be instruction, there will be impartation, there will be prophecy, there will be your manner. By the way, I have three sessions with you, right? So we don't have to rush it. One of the things that the Lord began to deal with me is that the church is coming into a place when the glory will not be contained any longer. You know, we love our Sunday morning, which is beautiful. Nikkei, is it not beautiful? Oh, the worship is so cute. Boy. Goosebumps all over my body. I love you. You know that. Oh my God, I love it. And you are. You, I can't wait till next Sunday. Really? Ha. Ah. So you think the worship experience is just to give you a massage, a massage of glory? Oh, it feels good. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. You know, we just have happy moments. Feel good, the goosebumps experience. Nice messages, nice presence, nice choir. Everything is just mwah, splendid. My God, you need to come to a church. A church is so good. A Sunday morning experience is mwah, it's heaven on earth. Boy, you can't, you can't describe it. It's so wonderful. Thank God for your assembly. I appreciate what God is doing there. Kudos to your pastor. He's doing a good job. But what God is saying is this. That was never the plan. Numbers chapter 14 verse 21. For as long as I live, the whole earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord as water covers the sea. The whole heart, the whole heart, the whole heart, the whole heart. Not just talking about glory in church services, but glory everywhere. Anybody listening to me this morning? Glory everywhere, glory everywhere, glory everywhere. Glory on Sunday evening, glory on Monday morning, glory on Tuesday, glory on Wednesday, glory on Thursday, glory on Friday, glory on Saturday, glory Saturday night, every where glory. 
And I'm not just talking about glory in terms of, you know, I just touched him and, you know, he fell under the power. That's beautiful. Those are effects of glory. The effects that comes with glory. But some of us have come so, become so obsessed with effects that the actual product, we don't even focus on it any longer. First long, we are like, we are addicted with the effects. Oh my God, my God. I was just somersaulting. I was all over the place. If I do you know how many chairs I broke in that service? <laughs> I can't broke any saints. I saw, I saw a video on Instagram a couple of years ago when the pastor came up. I said, people have been breaking chairs in this church. Next time somebody breaks a chair in the name of Holy Ghost service, you will fix it. You will pay for the chair you broke. Stop breaking my chairs. Break out. Break through. Break forth. Break records. Not break chairs. <laughs> should not be, it should not be about how many chairs you broke. It should be about how many records you have broken. Because there's a breakout of the glory of God in your life. Anybody listening to me this morning? The glory is here. Can you stand up and shout? He said, The glory. The glory is there. Is there. Shout it again. Say the glory, the glory is there. there. Shout it one more time. Say the glory, the glory is, there. is there. Come on, rejoice in the Holy Ghost. The glory is there. You may be seated. The glory is there. The, the weightiness of God is there. The weightiness of God in this. You know, in Micah chapter 4 verse 1. 4, verse one the Micah chapter 4 verse 1. Micah chapter 4, verse 1. Micah chapter 4 and verse 1. He says, now it shall come to pass in the latter days. And I believe he's really talking about our days. He said that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains, plural. So it talks about the mountain of the Lord's house. Then he says, is established on top of what? Mountains. So there's a mountain of the Lord's house. But apart from the mountain of the Lord's house, there are other mountains. It says it shall be on top of all the other mountains. Literally saying, that mountain will flow into other mountains because it's on top of it. And it says, it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow to it. It will be attractive. And when the Bible talks about the mountain of the Lord's house, it's talking about the, the body of Christ. He said, the body of Christ will be so exalted, will be so raised. And the impact of the body will flow into every other space and sphere of life. Talking about the other mountains, what are they? Interesting enough, Exactly 50 years ago, some Bible scholars came together and they compared notes regarding what God was dealing with them on. Be right was one of them. I can't remember the name of the other fellow. And they came to a conclusion that God, this was exactly 50 years ago. That was uh, 1972. I was just a year old. And they came to a conclusion that God had been dealing with them on about the same thing. And they were able to classify the mountains that we have. So, so when we talk about the mountain of the Lord's house, I mean, they categorize that as the mountain of religion. But they also talked about the mountain of family. And God is interested in that mountain. Because, the, I mean, the, 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 the strength of families, the family systems of our society determine the direction of our society. Do you know one of the reasons why God could entrust Abraham with his agenda? He said, I know this man. He will raise a good family. 
So God is interested in the mountain of what? Family, the family system. God is interested in strong marriages. Strong homes. Because strong marriages and strong homes will translate to a strong society that can carry the agenda of heaven. So there are people that God has called to uphold, to strengthen that mountain. The mountain of family. So that family, I mean, godly values will not be lost in family. I mean, in the Western, in the West, in the West, talking about Europe and North America generally, I mean, family structures have been under attack. Strong attack. All these interesting classifications in the name of, you know, I don't even know how many alphabets they have now. You know what I'm talking about? It's, it's an agenda of hell to weaken families. And now from a very young age, they teach kids that a family is not necessarily a man and a man, a man and a woman. There can be a man and a man, a woman and a woman. Whereas God's agenda from the beginning is that a man and a woman will come together to start a family. Now, literally making it possible for a man and a man to adopt a child. A child that they can't have by themselves. <laughs> is there not a reason why the combination of a man and a man cannot have a child? Is there not a reason why a woman and a woman cannot have a, a, a child by biology? Because that's not supposed to be the structure of a family. It's supposed to be a man, then a woman. Then, you know, can I, can I, can I speak freely as a prophet of God? Then all this agenda of feminism. I hope somebody will still like me after this session. I'm a feminist. I'm a God lover. I love Jesus. I believe in the empowerment of women. Check my history in ministry. I don't relegate women in ministry. There's nothing a man can do that a woman cannot do. Because in God, there's no gender. In Christ Jesus, there's neither male nor female. Just because God says a woman in family structure should be submissive to a man does not make that woman less. It's just the same structure. God puts you under a pastor and he says your pastor is the head. That does not make you less. But just that's the order of God. That's the way the blessing will be passed. Yeah. Hey. Hey, I don't know who I'm talking to. Maybe you are that woman that is trying to fight your husband. No, we're equal head. God says he's the head. Now, you became smarter than God. Just because there are some abusive men out there does not mean the structure of God does not work. The excesses of men does not nullify the correctness of heaven. That's the structure. And now you are trying to rewrite your own script. Now, in our own family, it's equal head. Okay, anything that has two heads is a monster. It's a freak of nature. And it's a disaster. Does that empower a man to... Mess up his wife. A man that treats his wife like a trash is a disgrace to humanity. A man that abuses his wife is not fit to be called a man. Your wife is your glory. Your wife is on, you should be bragging. That's my wife. If your wife does not look good, you are a failure. For example, I run a class on our women on teaching women how to spend the her husband's money very well. <laughs> so if you are a wife here and you feel you are not good in that department, see me after the class. I will enroll you in the coaching session how to be more effective in spending your husband's money because that's what you are anointed for. Yes, <laughs> and if you're a man here, you feel like a woman is not spending your money well, just say, Lord, empower my wife <laughs> to spend better. Because your wife should be walking and she'll be saying, that's my money. Yes. My money. That, that, 
That's where my money is going. If she's not spending your money, who will be spending it? The same way you are spending Jesus. You have the gift of righteousness that you didn't work for. He just gave you, he dashed you free of charge. Because you are his bride. Was I not the one that labored for it? Jesus labored for you and you're enjoying it. And as a wife, freely have you received? Freely spent. I just gave somebody a rema. Freely have I what? Then freely. The same way you are spending the grace of God. Your wife is anointed to spend your money. So don't ever complain that your wife is spending your money. He is anointed for it. So you should be praying, Lord, give me more money to be spent. Also, men will not, say, will not write me an email after this message. Pastor, which one now? We're trying to curtail her. Now you're empowering her. But you get the point. So I don't believe in women being abused. But I believe, I believe in the structure of evil. It's good enough for me. I don't need to come up with a new idea different from this idea. This idea is authentic enough. So there's a mountain of family. There's a mountain of education, which is important. The mind needs to be educated. The education of, of the mind is needed for the effectiveness of man. Tango for education. There's so many things, so many mediocrities that we're practicing before. I mean, educators, education brought enlightenment. And God wants people to uphold that mountain. Because let me tell you something. The people that are speaking over your mind, over the minds of your children, they matter. Because they frame their, their, their thinking pattern they are not just teaching, teaching them biology and chemistry and whatever. They teach them more than that. They become their model. So we need godly people in that mountain. So the same way pastors are called into mountain of religion, apostles are called into mountain of religion, prophets are called into mountain of religion, uh, teachers and evangelists are called into the... They are people called into the mountain of family. They are people called into what? The mountain of education. What about the mountain of entertainment as, and arts? For example, recently God started dealing with me. They have an assignment in that mountain, which is surprising. Me? More interesting enough in an apostolic capacity. I say I have a meeting with people in that space. So if you're in that space, I have a meeting here on, Friday, on, Saturday, on Monday, 7 p.m. Or maybe you might not even be doing it directly, but you are just, you're supposed, you are engaging it. Come around. Because God gave, gave me some revelations where that mountain is concerned. Recently, he began to deal with me. He said that mountain is so key and critical and the church is not getting it. We're losing the best of our products to the world. Because we feel everybody must sound like Dunsi and Natalia or Sinaj. But there are people in the body who are creatives, but their content is different. Because their content is not primarily for our worship. But their content is for the entertainment space. So, I mean, in as much as I believe that people must be ministered to, there's a time to be entertained. You are created to be pleasured. True of us. You are spirit, 24-7, I know. <laughs> but there are times you just want to chill. Come on, talk to me. As powerful as my message is on a Sunday morning, most of the people, what they listen to after Sunday is not my message. From Sunday afternoon to Saturday night, there's something else in the entertainment space that is feeding them. And now we have allowed that space to be dark. We have labeled it dark. It's for the devil and his boys. 
And there are people in the kingdom whose assignment is to create content for that space. But the church has not given them the support, the encouragement, the empowerment, the infrastructure to find the expression. Because we only, we only care about kingdom Levites. If they are not for our worship, then they are of no use. And the Lord spoke to me. He said they are kingdom creatives who are Levites. Primarily, that's all they do. The assignment is to stay within the four walls of the church and help the worship of God. But there are some that are noted for that. But beyond that, they can do certain things in the entertainment space. In other words, they are like cross. They can do kingdom, but still, you know, find expression in that space beyond what they do in worship. And there are some, they are 100% kingdom ambassadors. They are not anointed for our Sunday worship service. But they are always having ideas for the entertainment space. That is not necessarily say Jesus, 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 but represent godly values. Communicate godly values. And let, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, ultimately, is the people in that space that determine culture, not the pulpit. So the assignment of the pulpit is to disciple those people so that they can go and mold culture. But we left that space for the devil of his boys. But God says, I want the whole earth, including that space, to be filled. How many times have you decided to just chill with your Netflix? But almost everything you clicked is funny. It's funny because we have not empowered people from our space to give us content that will be fun, quality, excellent, and yet valuable, values. So entertainment is dark because it's filled with dark people. It was not created to be dark. It's a God created that space, not the devil. So the people that are anointed to be in that space, we need them. This morning, I want to minister to you. I don't want to entertain you. I understand what you are trying to say. But is anything, is anything bad in being entertained? Entertainment is not easy. Some people, they will just lead us in worship. Some people, they will minister to us and entertain us. In fact, while they're entertaining us, we are being ministered to. But the package, the, even the administration with entertainment, and it's not even. Am I preaching good this morning? Yes, clap for me, clap for me. And I'm still supernatural. So I've talked about how many, how many, how many mountains now? How many? It's more than three. Religion, family, education, art and entertainment. What about, uh, no, no, I, I know. I've, I've talked about, no worry, I'll cover everything. What about the, 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 the media? Media. Media is key. <laughs> is key. There are people called to be in that mountain. They are anointed for it. And God is raising people from the church anointed that the same way the pastor will feel the anointing of God. They will feel the leading of God to do certain things in that space. Because media, they control us. Even what the entertainment, the entertainers or whatever create, without the media, it has no expression. Look at what social media has done to our world in the last few years. They are gifts now that have not left that in their village, they are being discovered in America. Just because there is social media now that can be accessed, your content can be accessed anywhere. Media created the, the platform. And there are still new platforms coming. And there are people called to fill that space. What about politics and government? Now, you can put sports under entertainment. Because it's entertainment. Is it not entertainment? 
It's entertainment. That's why you pay to watch them. You know, I had to talk to myself a couple of years ago that since Arsenal players are not giving me part of their allowance, there's no point being part of their pay. Even after their losses, they still get paid. So I talked to myself. Say, it doesn't look like I should be following this team. Because, in fact, it's supposed to be Arsenal Football Club, right? AFC. But they were beginning to look like APC. <laughs> what do you mean? Arsenal Poetry Club. So I said, what do you mean? I mean, if you follow soccer, you know what I'm talking They raise it, then they sell it. And then so I, I talked to myself. So every, at the beginning of every season, I'll search my spirit. Which team are we going to follow this season? The team that will not cause me pain. When I want to be entertained, I want to be entertained. Not get sad. So last year, last year what team? I know two years ago it was Liverpool. Last year, I think it was two teams. There are times I've, I follow two teams. This year, it's Manchester City and Arsenal. Because for the first time, they did not look like a poetry club. Look like a football club, yes. We are serious now. So I returned back to my first love. <laughs> as anointed as I am, as supernatural as supernatural, I still need some entertainment, some relaxation. My wife knows it's Saturday morning. Please, I love you. You know, it's Saturday evening here. There is money. Baby, please, anything you want to say, say it. After I've been entertained, this is worship time. Don't get it. <laughs> it's entertainment time. I was just joking. So I've talked about entertainment, sports inclusive. I've talked, I've talked about media, right? What about politics? The Bible says when the righteous I mean, rules, the people, they rejoice. There are people anointed to be. Boy, it's important that we find out who are the people called to these mountains. Because God wants to take his glory through his people. He wants his people to dominate every mountain. Politics and what? Government. What about the last mountain? Business and commerce. So I've covered all the seven mountains. Now, as I close this session, the question is, which one is your mountain? And for some of us, we are called to multiple mountains. Caleb at 80 was still saying, give me my mountain. There's a difference between your job and your mountain. In fact, God can give you an idea for provision. But your real vision is in another mountain. That the provision that comes from this channel, you channel it into the vision for a mountain. Get on your feet. So when, the God, when God says, I want to fill my, all the hearts with my glory, it's not going to be necessarily through the preacher. The preacher, the teacher, the apostle, the prophets, the evangelist, we help bat, disciple, raise, nurture the saints so that the saints can come to a place of understanding, a place of identifying, a place of recognition of the mountain he has been called to. And then he can now consciously take his place in that mountain and dominate that mountain for Jesus. And listen as I close. In Daniel chapter 1 verse 20, the Bible says, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the Hebrew names were listed in Daniel 20. But what I'm trying to say is, in essence, is they said they were 10 times better than every other person in their space. I want to pray for somebody that as you come to a place of recognition of your mountain, as you say like Caleb, give me my mountain, I declare you'll be 10 times better than other people in your mountain. Yeah. That God will give you a voice in your mountain. Yeah. Look at me. Do you know 
most of the characters we have in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, they were not priests. They were not people in the mountain of religion. Even with Abraham, Abraham was not, he was, he was a businessman. And God was interested in him. Daniel was a politician. Joseph was a politician. He was in government. He was not a preacher. But you see the gifts of the spirits. David, he was a king primarily. Fine, there was a priest and a prophet. But his primary office was a king. Hey. In fact, the problem we have is some people, they are starting offices, they are operating or they are taking, they have taken in the church. That is not their primary office. When you turn a prophet into, and when you turn a businessman into a pastor, there's a problem. Say, ah, that man is very committed though. What can we do to honor him? And you honor him with a pastor. You are a distraction in his life. There will be a problem. Because that's not his lane. Ladies and gentlemen, you should not desire to be anything that you are not called for. Your mountain is good enough. Don't let anyone make you feel lesser or inferior to him because of his, his, his superior mountain. No mountain, including religious mountain, is superior. Every mountain is critical and essential where God's plan and purpose for this generation is concerned. And I pray for somebody that you will not be wandering in your generation. You will not live to pay bills in your generation. You will not just raise children in your generation. But you will locate your mountain. Yes. Dominate. Yeah, nail down everybody. You will dominate your mountain. Yes. You will be effective in your mountain. Yes. You will have a voice in your mountain. Yes. And lastly, you will be ten times better in your mountain. Yes. Jump up and rejoice this morning. Did you learn anything this morning? The glory is here. Not necessarily in church. Everywhere. Did you get it? What will make Sunday morning relevant is when you can take your Sunday morning experience into your Monday, your Tuesday, your Wednesday, your Thursday, your Friday, rather than just doing a miserable job, locate your mountain. Because in that mountain, you are anointed to dominate. You are created to have dominion. So if there is no dominion, maybe something is wrong. Locate your mountain. Because once you find your mountain, you have what it takes to dominate there. Not only that, by covenant, you have what it takes to be ten times better than ordinary people in that mountain. A supernatural man in his mountain is a dangerous man. He's a dangerous man. God bless We hope you've been richly blessed by this teaching from Kingswood Ministries International. Feel free to visit our website at kingswood.org for more inspiring teachings by Dr. K. Ijishasong. There you'd also find other helpful materials and further information about this ministry. God bless you richly.